friends and welcome to the Midweek Kings of Anglia podcast. It's Thursday, the sun is out, I've got a week off coming up so I'm going to be incredibly annoying today. My name is Mark Keith, I'm your host as ever and with me, the two guys who really matter, Stuart Watson, Dr Watson having a well-earned day off today, but the boys are with me. Hutch Hogan, Andy Warren, how are you my friend? You're bouncing aren't you? Absolutely I bouncing. I, I know we get a few complaints about me being kind of hyper as if I've, I've just boffed an entire pack of Haribos before I, uh, I do the intros. And I appreciate that. I'm probably quite irritating. Um, but it's just me. What can you do? Um, so, yeah. How are you, my friend? You all right? Yeah, I'm not I'm not as bouncing as you. Um, I'm so happy I, that, that the rain has come, that autumn autumn is here. It, I know I said this on, on Monday's pod, but I walked to, took my little girl around to nursery in the rain this morning. And genuinely, that makes me so, so, so happy. Just Why? I, uh, I just don't cope in the sun. I've, I've, as we know, I've got a hairy back, and that <laughs> and that and that brings its own brings its own problems in the sun. Um, I'm I'm a long sleeve kind of guy. Yeah, uh, it, it just suits me. I'm, I'm not, just ha- I'm just happier in the rain. We're not talking heavy rain though. You like you obviously you don't want to go out when it's literally shitting it down. I've it's got no like... got no problem with that whatsoever. I, wow, I, 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 you know I I, I like. The rain to be at a level where it's still still practical to do things, but yeah, I can cope. I can cope with any rain. Could probably do with a new coat this year, though. I look forward to seeing that one because famously, famously, you didn't wear a coat for quite a while, did you? So, yeah, well, as of next month, I think I think I officially leave the early thirties bracket. At which point, at which point, my ability to repel the cold um, <laughs> diminishes. Um, so, yeah, I think you probably will never see it, though. To be fair, because when when are we ever when are we ever going to see each other again? That's very sad. I know <laughs> it's sad, isn't it? Six we've got six more months of um, of, of no uh, no no contact, no office contact. Yeah. Uh, I'll show. I'll send you a picture. I'm delighted about the office. There. Anyway, we're digressing. <laughs> Speak, speaking of the weather, our very own ray of sunshine. See what I've done there. Oh Pro- producer Ross, how are you? Are you smiling? Are you smiling today, Ross? Yes, I'll say so, yeah. We were slightly concerned because this podcast is um, recording at 10am and me and Hutch, you were both worried that you wouldn't you wouldn't be awake. But you are, which is tremendous. Yeah, no, no. To be fair, my my sleeping pattern is I'm I'm waking up at eight o'clock every morning at the moment. I'm just it's just an hour a normal thing to do, even Good. without needing to put an alarm on. But well uh, done. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about the rain though. Yesterday yeah. I, got, I got I was stuck in it and I got absolutely drenched. I went for a run and then I looked up and I went, oh shit. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was biblical yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't mind running in the rain if it's just a sort of gentle drizzle. It's quite refreshing. But when it's like literally pounding the pavement like it was yesterday, not pleasant at all. Anyway, boys, I'm delighted that you are both here. As I say, Stu is off today. Well-earned day of rest. But we'll be back tomorrow for the Ipswich Town press conferences. And there's been a lot happening this week in Ipswich Town news. Um, You and Stu both kind of alluded to potential um, transfer dealings. Uh, But then it happened, Hutchie, on uh, Tuesday, I think it was. I got a late phone call from Stu saying Town have... About to announce a signing, uh, and so it was. They've signed a centre back from Arsenal, six foot four inches, a powerful young gunner called Mark McGuinness, who impressed in the EFL Trophy against Town. Um, Hutchie, your thoughts? I'd never heard of him until two weeks ago, but he, uh, you know what he did? He did impress in that game. I, I think there may have been some interest 
Ipswich were aware of him before that game. I think it wasn't. I don't think it's quite a case of he turned up on their doorstep. Mm. Kept kept Aaron Drynan honest, which is which is the big test for any centre back, of course. Um, yeah. And then and then they got the deal done. I think they were aware of him before then. But yeah, we can only really judge him on on that game. And and in that game, he's shown he's shown that he. He's obviously six foot four. He's got some power. He's good in the air. Um, particularly, particularly good when it comes to putting in a, a slide tackle. It seems um, positionally good. Um, he's certainly not slow. Good on the ball. There's a there's a lot to like there. Um, on on the face of things, you maybe maybe question whether um, whether Ipswich needed a centre back, but. I've I've got this fear that tomorrow at the presser, Paul Lambert's going to say that maybe Luke Wolfenden might be out a little bit longer than um, than first feared, and then with Kane Vincent Young also also out, Luke Chambers is required as a as a right back. Um, so maybe that's where that's where the need arises. But on you know, clearly clearly a very talented young man. Mm. I mean, that is we're obviously going to we're going to do the first proper mailbag of the season later on. But we've had a few questions. On this subject, FPL Tracks just says any indication the beginner's transfer is due to worse than expected news on KVY Wolfenden seems a lot of centre slash right backs unless someone is heading out or is long term injured. So I think you've just covered that, Hutchie. Um, Simon Bartlett also says, does McGuinness' arrival mean we're more likely to see Ndaba leave on loan? You'd have to say yes, wouldn't you? Unless there is a, a, a big injury problem with Wolfenden. Yeah, I, yeah, probably. I, I, you just need to. S- you need to see Wolfenden as the example mm. as, to, as to how um, how Andaba could benefit. Luke Wolfenden really really benefited from the year he year he spent at Swindon and even the year he spent before that at, at Bromley playing proper football. Corey Andaba's played a handful of minutes now as a as a senior professional. He needs to he needs to play. You know we've we've talked about um, Corey on this podcast for the last eighteen months, two years or so, and he's a player that you know everyone knows. A, I really like him. I've watched him through the 23s. Really, really like him. He's got his left foot. He's He's got all the attributes, really, um, that we talk about there with McGuinness. But he needs to play. Um, so if they can get him a decent loan, he's had some... He's had some silly loans, really. Some A couple of silly non-league loans that he, he went on and, and didn't play and... Mm. Um, which which haven't helped him at all. If they can, if they can find him a proper loan where he can go and play and develop and come back next year as a fully developed, ready to go Ipswich Town centre back, like like Luke Wolfenden did, yeah. Um, then that that can be a real plus, and maybe maybe the signing of Mark McGuinness can uh, can allow him to allow him to go off and do that. He needs to go and get some scars, as Phil Brown once said. Exactly. About, about, about... Break your nose. That's what, that's, what that's, that's what you need as a centre-back. Rossi, you with us? He's muted yeah. himself. Why, why, do you, why have you muted yourself? What have you been doing while we were talking about Mark McGuinness? Eating breakfast? No, that was done. That was done, smashed an yeah. hour ago. I just, you know, I don't want to... I was just typing away and I didn't want the, that sound in the background. You were typing? What were you typing? I was just, you know, on Facebook Messenger, messaging my, my boys. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> yeah, glad to know you're fully engaged. Um, what What do you have for breakfast, Rossi? We're Bix with banana on top. Breakfast of champions and athletes, yeah. which you clearly are now when you're running. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you, Rossi, what do you make of the town centre back situation? Because Lambo, um, in terms of 
quotes that came out yesterday, Lambeau obviously welcoming McGuinness and saying he expects to push for the first team pitcher, but very much stressing that Toto and James Wilson have earned the shirts and will be keeping them. Yeah. Um, so what do you make of, of Town signing a, a young centre-back? Uh, I was a bit surprised about it. I didn't watch the FL Trophy game, so I didn't, I didn't mm. know how well he played in it, but I've, I've heard some good things. Um, can he play right back as well? I know he's six foot four. Can he play there or is he more just a centre-half? I think he's more of a. I think he's more of a centre half. Okay. To be honest, um, I think most most. I'd say most centre backs who are decent on the ball should be capable of playing at right back. Yeah. But um, don't let the number two shirt deceive you. I wouldn't <laughs> yes. say he's. Uh, yeah. I'd say he's probably more of a more of a centre back. That's certainly where he. That's certainly where he has played for Arsenal. Um, mm. Arsenal's number fifty one, is what he is. What he is, which. Oh. Uh, <laughs> for, for squad number fans, and now he's number two at town, isn't he? Which is a, a much more uh, amenable number. Yeah, significant upgrade. Luke Penning, our old friend Luke, he says hi all. I'm back after a social media break. Good to have you back, Luke. He says, "Am I the only one that would love to see what a centre back partnership of Wolfenden and McGuinness could do? He was immense against us in the EFL Trophy. Calm, assured on the ball, and great in the tackle." So Hutchie, I don't know if we'll ever see it, but Wolfenden and McGuinness as a, as a, as a centre back partnership. What do you reckon? If you're picking a centre back partnership purely on on ball ability, probably mm. from what from what Ipswich have got, you'd you'd go with that. Um, oh, I want to see more of McGuinness. He's played two games of professional football, and well, it depends whether you count Arsenal under twenty ones in the EFL Trophy as as professional football or not. Mm. He's, he's playing for a youth team. I'd want to see. I'd want to see more of him before. I'd be happy to go with Wolfenden and, and McGuinness. I still think Wolfenden benefits from playing alongside a, a senior, a senior centre back himself. So to then become the senior centre back, uh, for me, feels like a little bit of a stretch at the moment. But I've I've seen McGuinness play for for ninety, <clears throat> 90 minutes. But at the at the moment, I'd still want I'd still want one of those senior one of those senior players in the team alongside those two. But you you never know. You never know how the season develops. It's it's not. It's not impossible. The cream rises, doesn't it? And if um, mm. if they perform and 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 they're the the two that end up end up taking those shirts, then then great. But my hunch is that they'll they'll be a, a senior a senior figure in that in that centre half area. Okay. Um, in terms of other sexy stuff, we should also mention, of course, former friend, formerly of this parish, Luke Garvert, um, has got himself a new club, Hutchie. Yeah. Without doing too much of a, of a disservice to Luke, um, who's who's clearly a good football player, we've seen that, we know that. I don't think this is the move that he was hoping for when when, when we spoke to him. I, I think I spoke to him the day after his loan ended in June and talking mm-hmm. about always having the the door open at Ipswich, but wanting to play as a, at higher as high a level as possible. He's talked about finding a new long term home to kickstart his career. So I think a twelve month contract at Blackpool, with the greatest of respect, is not is not what he would have been after. But mm. I can also see that now having having got to the situation where the season started without him in a club, I can see now I can see that a twelve month contract has probably been driven from his side of things mm. as well. Uh, because if he plays well, he's a free agent again next summer and can maybe maybe get back into a stronger market to to earn that new club, that three four year deal, the new home, the championship football that he that he wants and, and thinks he's capable of. So I can see at this stage why he's he's taken that move to Blackpool. Um, 
whether or not he has some regrets about not not taking things that were offered his way, either here at Ipswich or uh, up at Sunderland or, or whatever's gone on a little bit earlier. I don't know. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of that, but um, but yeah, it's an interesting one, and, and we'll get to we'll get to see him soon enough. Mm. Yeah, strange one, as you say. I mean, obviously um, he was heavily linked with Sunderland, which would have made sense for a player of his calibre to to in theory turned down, well, not turned down, but obviously things didn't work out at Sunderland and also in Ipswich, and he's ended up at Blackpool, which is a strange one. Um, we should also, of course, mention uh, an outgoing loan young player from town, Idris El Mazzuni's gone back out to Cambridge, um, which on the face of it looks like a very good move indeed. Rossi, what do you make of Idris going to Cambridge? Yeah, I think that was um, the obvious choice, really. I think, mm. you know, we want him in the league football. I like <coughs> League Two is... Uh, and Cambridge doing well this season. I think their their last game was a five 0 win against Morecambe, so they they started the season strong. Um, and he's going to learn. I know it's a bit controversial for me to say a Norwich player on here. Wes Houlihan, he plays for them now, so he's going to learn some really mm. good stuff from him. Um, and yeah, it's a good level for him. He was there previously, unfortunately got injured, so that cut that short. So mm. really, hopefully, he can go back there and basically start where he did really well. Mm. Yeah, it is a good move for him, don't you think, Hutchie? Uh, it makes perfect sense. I think once it became clear that Lambert wanted to loan him out, I think I think Cambridge just made so made so much sense. Um, there's an element of trust there, I think, between Ipswich and Cambridge. Cambridge are looking to play play some decent football um, in a, in a style that suits that suits El Mazzuni, really. Um, I think I don't know if we did, I don't know if we discussed this on air or not. I talk about Ipswich Town so much I can't remember what's recorded, <laughs> what's recorded and what isn't. But my real hope was that that Idris and and Armando Dobra could could go on loan together, possibly mm. go somewhere together. Um, seems unlikely that that will happen, um, but you never know. But uh, it's, it's good to see it's good to see Idris out, and I think the whole I think a year of being a central figure, hopefully, in that Cambridge team will really benefit him. And the same as same as we spoke about a few minutes ago with Wolfenden. Um if if he can come back first team ready from a, a proper year of, of football then uh, then that's brilliant. Yeah. If I was a Cambridge United fan, I'd be bang up for that as well, having Dobra and El Mazzuni on loan there. Um, that'd be tremendous for the U's. I think that'd be really exciting. Back in the day, I used to go and watch Cambridge regularly, boys. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that. I went to watch them at Wembley when they beat Chesterfield in the Division 4 playoff final, as it was back in the day. Dion Dublin scored the winner. Um, so there you go. That's that's how old I am. Is that John um, John Beck's Cambridge? Yes. It was a very exciting time. We used to live just down the road from, from Cambridge. Um, so me and my dad went to watch Cambridge more than any other side. Um, and that was it. That was it when they... They went up from Division 4, they, they went straight through Division 3 and into what is now the Championship and um, got on the very brink of the playoffs there. It was, it was remarkable what he did. Obviously, he had some some dark art tactics as well with the, the various things he used to do. Turn off the hot water in the visiting changing room, put sand on the pitch, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, very exciting times watching Cambridge back in those days. Um, I digress. Anyway, sexy stuff done for this week. And we have to move on to kind of more... Solemn news, I guess, um, which has also happened since we last spoke. We were expecting slash hoping, um, fingers crossed, that Town were going to be able to welcome some fans back this weekend uh, against Rochdale, hoping for their pilot test event up to a 1,000 fans back in Portman Road. But, of course, then it all came crashing down and it looks like there's going to be potentially no fans at football for another six months now, given these new COVID restrictions, um, which is going to be <laughs> it's dreadful for... For us, dreadful for fans and dreadful for 
sport and football as a whole, Hutchie. Yeah, it looked sadly inevitable though, didn't it, for a few days leading up to that mm. and now leading up to that announcement. Um where does football go from here? The hope the hope has to be that, you know, they they've talked about pausing any return to, of fans to stadiums. Um you know, pausing doesn't mean cancelled, but the you know, without getting too political. This isn't we'll save that for the political podcast, but um <laughs> the uh there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of, of strategy behind certain decisions that get that get made at government level. So you, you can't really rely on on any kind of uh, any kind of change of heart on that one. Um, however much it's pointed out the irony of kickoff times in Premier League games now getting moved to in order to to enable them to be watched in pubs before kicking out time, yeah. be- because a pub has been deemed more safe <laughs> to. Uh, yeah. To, to watch the game than the actual stadium that it's being played in. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's massive, isn't it? It's an absolutely massive blow. And now all the talk has moved on to potential bailouts, be that from the government, from private equity, or or filtering down the football pyramids. And that doesn't sound particularly close on any front um, from those either. But, um, you know, what, what once again, probably a similar situation to the first the first kind of lockout of fans in the Ipswich are, Ipswich are going to be better placed than most at, at this level and certainly below um, in terms of dealing with it. But that's not to say that it's not really going to hit the club hard. Um, mm. But my real worry is with, with further down the pyramid where they haven't got, they haven't got the reserves of, of Marcus Evans and, and things like that to, to protect the clubs. And if something isn't done, then I think it is inevitable that, that that sadly some clubs are gonna are gonna fall by the wayside, and that's a, that's absolutely tragic. Yeah, well, Joey Barton certainly thinks so. Um, there were some quotes around from him yesterday saying there's an Armageddon coming to the lower tiers of football, and I think the prediction is 200 million that EFL will lose if they have to play the season behind closed doors again, which obviously was just not sustainable for for a lot of clubs. And I think even the Premier League are saying they haven't got the cash now to to drip down, which seems a bit rich. Um, but it is crazy, though, isn't it? I mean, a 1,000 fans. I can understand, obviously, in terms of the, the way it looks after having all these restrictions come in to then say, well, yeah, carry on with, carry on with football, though. But um, obviously, we, there was a, there's a, a Speedway event, which is one of the, the pilot events at Foxhall this weekend, which is gonna, originally going to have 2,500 fans. Then it dropped to a thousand, and now it's behind closed doors. And yet, Mike Bacon tells me this, so take it with a pinch of salt. The um, the stock car racing that goes on at Foxhall, they had four thousand people there the other day. How 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 is that? <laughs> and apparently, that's because it's not seen as elite. Yeah, that's elite, what it is, isn't it? Not elite, elite sport. sport. So how how can that? I just don't, that's baffling to me. How can they have four thousand people at non elite sport, mm. but you can't get you can't get one thousand people in a huge stadium? I know. Well, I think. Foxhall, for example, I think I, I I don't know if they even know what their capacity is up there, but Foxhall Stadium could hold fifteen, sixteen thousand people up there. It's huge. Mm. It's absolutely huge that place. Yeah. Um. So a thousand fans is is nothing in terms of in terms of spacing out. I I, I get that the the worry about it all is related to people getting to to and from grounds and being in concourses and funneling their way in and. Hmm. And things like that, but even even that, even that makes makes very little sense to me, really. And in, in that, just a day, I think it was a day or two days before Ipswich had been um, had been deemed safe. It had passed its 
Mm. It had passed all the all the tests from the safe, safety advisory group, which a lovely acronym there of SAG. Uh, um, but they'd passed they'd passed the tests they'd been deemed it been deemed covid secure which which is which is the gold standard at at the moment isn't it i i I get that it's really it's not it's a difficult look to suddenly be um adding more things back into society at a time where where actually they're trying to take things away and i'm sure had football already been kind of up and running with a thousand fans and it had proved to be work working it would have it would have carried on um but there are so many inconsistencies in there and and I completely understand why anyone in football is just is just crushed by this if you just have mm. to re- have you read the um the statement that Colchester put out the uh, chairman there Robbie Cowling put out a statement there it's just it's just so much from the heart and mm. it's crushing it's absolutely crushing they've got to find a way to uh to get this to get this working somehow because mm. if if they don't there's going to be real real casualties mm. i mean the obvious question is actually leagues one and two voted to stop playing because they couldn't afford to play behind closed doors to end last season uh, and obviously now i assume the thought was yes we'll we'll be behind closed doors for the first month or so of this season but then we can start getting fans back and start to get those gate receipts back but now Certainly, that's going to be an extended period without fans. I mean, are we going to? How soon do you reckon we're going to start talking about whether or not we have to pause or or even scrap seasons again? I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the what what the benefit would be of that now, mm. because the the reason it was viable before was the existence of the furlough scheme, uh, which clubs were able to use. Obviously, that's not. That's not in existence now. Some clubs were using that for players, which which isn't going to happen now. If you if you stop playing now, I'm not sure what costs you're other than opening up stadiums for no fans. I don't know what what costs you're gonna you're gonna yeah. save if that if that makes sense. We've we've heard a lot over the last few days about testing, mm. um, which was a, which was a big reason the clubs couldn't afford the required testing to uh, to play. Um, they've not been paying that 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 hasn't been a thing there is no testing program in regular testing program at this level and below so that's not there um by stopping playing you're gonna you're gonna lose the i follow money which although a drop in the ocean when compared to proper ticket money it is an income stream which mm. which, which is which is at least something at this time but you're still gonna have you're still gonna have all of your player and staff contracts to to pay but with with no income and then mm. you're, and if you stop a season now, you're. There's no way you're going to be able to hold on to all of the, the television money. Albeit that at this level, that isn't an awful lot in, compared to what it is at the championship. But for League One, League Two clubs, it's still a really big, it's still a really really big income stream. So, in terms of the the season actually stopping, I'm not sure. What other unless am I overlooking something in in terms of reasons why it might help be helpful to stop? I. I but for me, I'm not sure there is. Without knowing intimately the finances of clubs and how much it costs to, to play behind closed doors and that kind of thing, I mean, you make a great point with the furlough. If, if you if you can't, if furlough isn't there to, in terms of putting staff members on and stuff, then as you say, I'm not sure how much sense it makes. But we had a good question here from Aaron Tester, champ champ of the live strike, Ross, which means I'm going to come to you on it. He says, now that it's been confirmed that no fans will be allowed in the ground for the foreseeable future, what do you think Ipswich Town should do for the season ticket holders? 
surely just having iFollow available can't be enough. Now, Ross, you were formerly a season ticket holder before you started getting free access to games because you're a big deal, a member of the media. Um, so if you were a season ticket holder now, what would you be What would you be wanting? It's going to be even longer now before you, you, you can get back into Portman Road. You can watch iFollow games, obviously, for free. But um, has, has Aaron got a point there? What more would you want? Uh, it's a really hard one. I, I like with with which we're we've got that we've got that somewhat of a bit bigger income than other clubs. So I understand maybe you know other clubs that you know they won't be able to add too much more. I don't know, maybe some more vouchers, maybe something like that. Or yeah, because um, ultimately at the moment, if you're a season ticket holder, you're paying for for games that you can't actually go to. Yeah. Um, and obviously you can watch online, but that's nowhere near the same, is it? No. Um, what 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 do you reckon, Hachi? Um, it's a it's a difficult one. I, I think, to be honest, if <laughs> I uh, if I was a season ticket holder, I I I probably probably wouldn't have renewed in the first place. Mm. Um, I find this hard to talk about because I'm I'm not. It's not, my opinion is almost irre- irrelevant. Really, this is an individual thing. Like it, you know. It, if you want, if you wanted to renew, then then great. Um, and you know, it's so admirable um, mm. doing that and 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 supporting the club in in that way. But I'm sure everybody that did did so with, with open eyes, in that there was no guarantee of if and when when people were going to be able to to go back to watch games. Um, mm. I would also completely understand people that were considering cancelling cancelling direct debits at this point with, mm. with things looking so ominous but uh, may, maybe that's the incentive there for the club to try and do something to um to convince people not not to do that um mm. I don't, and i don't know what that can be there's already there's already been offers of wasn't there offers of um of cup tickets for every game yeah um missed um could they start thinking about allowing season ticket holders to to have access to the away games through iFollow? Uh, because they don't at the moment oh. is that is that something that that would help it's really difficult um it's really difficult and i can i completely understand why any any fan would be getting incredibly frustrated by that because yeah you've you've paid for a season ticket that you're not going to use um but then from the club there's going to be a worry that 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 income and keeping hold of that income it was was really important and it, and it was massive yeah. um so you know maybe that is the where they can start to look for some way of of uh, of compensating people a little bit more there to to show some show some thanks maybe Luke Prentice who uh, looking at his his picture is an Ipswich Switches fan as well he says personally I don't want a refund we all knew there was a risk that this could happen and if they offer a massive incentive i.e. a third off for next season with a free box to use within two years I'd take that so yeah Luke there saying obviously he would expect incentives so going forward right then that's very sad talk hopefully they get that sorted sooner rather than later because football without fans just isn't football and it's not sustainable so so fingers crossed roscoe can you cheer us up now please by hosting the strike hello and welcome to another edition of the strike Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer Ross.
Right then, boys, here we go. Strike, same format as always. Good. Never changes. One day I may, I may switch it a little bit. Maybe one day I'll rematch this stuff. <laughs> one day. One day, yeah. But uh, yeah, blast from the past. So, the boy Frankie Nublé turns 29 today. <laughs> Good. Uh, Happy yeah. birthday, Frank. Yes. Uh, he's now at Plymouth, so we'll be seeing him at Porton Road or on iFollow and all that jazz. We'll see him there. Yeah. Uh, but yes, he scored five goals and six of games for town. Yeah. Uh, which team did he join the club from in 2013? Was it West Ham, Wolves, or West Brom? So all the W there. Oh, because uh, he's played for about like 19, 20 teams, isn't he? Um, yeah, one in China. Of course, yeah. Which team <laughs> did he actually join town from, though? I think I think he joined, technically joined from West Ham, because I think he was out on loan at various places from West Ham. So I'm going to say West Ham. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Wolves. It was Wolves. Oh, Surprise, Ooh. surprise. <laughs> I think Who I'm... was that? That's incredibly impressive. Was that you, uh, Hutchie? Uh, yes. That was... Im... <laughs> Mate, that's a, that is a hidden talent. You the like it? Howling Hutch Hogan Andy Warren, I'm going to call you now. Maybe maybe I am a werewolf. Oh, you've got the hairy back as well. So. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just <laughs> left over from my, my evenings out as a wolf. <laughs> Time flashback. On this very day, in 1996, Town beat Fulham 4-2 at Portland Road in the second round of the League Cup. Of course, in 2020, they couldn't do that. Um, no. That season, Town reached the quarterfinals, but lost to the eventual winners in that game. But who was it? So who went on to win the League Cup that year in 1996? Was it Leicester, Middlesbrough or Liverpool? I think, it was Le- I think it was Leicester. I was going to say Leicester. I, I kind of feel like I know this because my wife's a Leicester fan and we used to have a box set of Leicester's um, big wins and I'm sure one of the games on there was the 96 League Cup final. And Could be wrong. Great. Yes, get in. Boom. Stockport County that year got to the semi-finals. Wow. A little fun fact there for you. That was fun, thank you. What noise, what noise does a fox make? It barks, doesn't it? I no, it doesn't. Do it. I can't do a fox noise. Do foxes bark? I don't know. You know, that, technically... you, know that, you know that song that came out? What does the fox say? You know that stupid random song? Yeah, and it went bing, 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 yeah. didn't it? Yeah. No, caca, caca, caca. I don't think I don't think a fox does make that noise. No, no, like yeah. I've Nobody just, knows. No, I've just um, YouTube it. It's got nearly one billion views on YouTube, which is just madness. Why? Why is so many people? Almost as many as us. Yeah. yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Numbers game. Now, the boy, Thomas Priskin, turns 34 this week. Yeah. Now, how many goals did he score for town in 60 games? Have we done this question before? We've done, we've done a question on Thomas Priskin, but not the, the amount of goals. I think it was uh, how much money, how much was he assigned for? That was okay. a, a million. How many goals did Tamas Priskin score for Town? The boy Tamas Priskin. Um, well, he scored one against Arsenal. Yeah, it's, at least, it's at least one. <laughs> the only one I can remember. He played sixty games. Yeah. So we're we just guessing a number. Um, Still uh, playing native Hungary. Is he? Uh, you've got all the facts, Roscoe. You yeah. are you are indeed the facts man. Um, I'm going to say he scored uh, six goals. Okay. 
Uh, I'm going to say he scored t- 10 goals. It's nine. Oh. Nine. There you go. Still not great, is it? Not Bottom great return for 1.7 million or whatever he was signed for. That's not mad. But uh, we've still got the memory of the Arsenal game, so. Yeah. That, that's really it. But yeah, that's that's it. So um, Hutchie, Hutchie wins. He does, yeah. As he, as he always does, a relentless winning machine. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's so impressive. Honestly, that sounds like a sound effect. I can't believe we've got this far in our relationship <laughs> without me knowing that you can howl accurately like a wolf. Um, <laughs> superb. Is that, then, is that in then, Roscoe? You're going to intro the outro, as it were? Yeah, come on, Bazaar. Have it. Hi guys, Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show. Cheers, Baz. Always a pleasure. Hi, boys. Let's do, for the first time this season, let's do some mailbag, shall we? Hutchie, you've just been howling like a wolf. Can you now sing? Mailbag, mailbag, <laughs> it's time for Mark, Andy and Ross to dip into the mailbag. Wow, that was uh, that was lovely. Um, was, it, was it haunting? It was haunting, yes, on a similar theme. And speaking of wolves, Benson's just barged his way into the studio, <laughs> so you'll, you'll be hearing him snore any second now. Um, Nigel G, friend of the show. Says, I've just had a great curry. This is your topic, Hutchie, for son number two's birthday. Says, if your favourite Indian restaurant was not able to cook your favourite choice of starter and main dish, what do you turn to as your second favourite? This has got you written all over it, Hutchie. Happy birthday, Jamie. Um, oh, let's see, Jamie's probably not son number two, is he? We don't know. Do we don't know son number two? I'm not sure. I'm not sure we know who son number two is. We don't know uh, son number two. Hopefully, uh, Mini Nigel has had a great birthday. So, Hutchie, what are you what are you saying? It's a bass. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm in a fortunate position where I don't have a I don't have a set regular dish. Mm. Um, I I just love the menu. I uh, I'm all over the menu. I can't I can't I can't possibly answer this question. I'll eat have it. We, I eat everything. Have we ever had the, have we had this conversation again? I, I, so much of what we do is recorded and. and other stuff that we do isn't uh, have we ever had this conversation about about poppadoms on air that poppadom epic correct poppadom i think e- i think i think so yeah yeah just to yeah. stress that if, if we're if we're out for a curry and the poppadoms go down and someone takes it upon themselves to smash them into smithereens that's that's fighting actions and that, that that's, that is, Watson. that's watson's approach which is disgusting um roscoe have you got a second favorite starter and, and main for indians um, I'm saying with Hutchie, but if I can't have like a meat version of a main, I'll just then go for like prawn or something like that, you know, something like that. So famously a fan of prawns now, of course. Yes. Yeah. So that's really my answer, really. If there's no meat alternative, then I'll go to a nice prawn or I don't mind a veggie, you know. So there you go. All of them. I'm really yeah. into I'm really into fish curries at the moment. Um, oh. I've kind of gone slightly more back up the spice ladder. Oh. Again, yeah. of late as well. If I scared Benson with my wolf noise, 
Uh, I don't know. He's, I don't know what he's barking at now. He's a he's a loose cannon, the lad. Um, oh dear, that's going to be annoying, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll try and we'll try and proceed. Uh, if he if he carries on, I shall go and tell him off. Um, fish curry is excellent choice. Actually, it's got to be a meat. Oh Jesus, it's got to be it's got to be a meaty curry though for me. It's got to be like a a meaty fish rather, like a monkfish curry. Tremendous. Yeah, yeah, I'll go, yeah. I'll go with that. Excellent. Uh, where we go? Um, Curtis Yates. Once um, KVY, the jelly man's back, and Chambers is freed from his current... Oh, shut up, Benson! Uh, from his current right-back position, what happens to him? With players like Enciala, Wilson, Wolfenden, once he's back from injury, now McGuinness, is Chambers now going to be mostly a bench option and cover for KVY when he's injured? What do you reckon, Hutchie? Mm, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I do think he's, as well as he's playing, he is maybe left a little bit vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about players keeping the shirt, um, I'm not sure that necessarily extends to Kane Vincent Young being available available again as a right-back because mm. he's just such a different player to Chambers and, and a fully fit, flying Vincent Young transforms the Ipswich team. So I'm not sure that completely extends to that. But in that scenario... Chambers isn't going to have had an opportunity to stake a claim for a centre back shirt for for what could be weeks or or months. Um, so he maybe is a little bit vulnerable. May he may have to drop out of the team and be a a little bit patient, um, mm. waiting for somebody else to make a mistake um, to force to force a way back in. Hopefully, hopefully that is the case because that means that everything's everything's going well. Um, saying that, I would still probably have him as one of my first choice starting centre-backs, all things mm. being equal along with Wolfenden. So it's an interesting one to shake out from here. Mm. Andrew, who's uh, who's at on Twitter, is run, fat boy, run, which is interesting. There's lots of talk about no crowd helping the likes of Toto and Nolan with confidence. Is the lack of crowd helping Lambert too? We kind of touched on this uh, last week, didn't we, in terms of, I think it was the Wigan game where suggested that perhaps not having a, a crowd there may have actually helped them because Wigan were kind of on top in the first few minutes and you'd expect kind of groans and moans to start. Um, but obviously they turned that round. So, Roscoe, obviously you can't attend games at the moment, but is it, do you think it, it might be helping town? Obviously it's sad that fans can't be there, but they, they haven't got that crowd um, maybe at the start of the season? Yeah, I think so, because going into the season, I think people were, were, were worrying already, even in pre-season. I think some fans are like mm, a bit disgruntled already with Lambert and stuff, so it would have been interesting first game against Wigan on telly, you know, and that would have been a, that would have been a full house probably. Mm. 30,000 people in there, you know, of course with the current stuff. Like in say normal times, normally the first game of the season is a good crowd because it's the first league game and all that jazz and, and sunshine and all that. So I think, yeah, it definitely helped. And there's a particular players, as we've you mentioned, so, and, um, you know, Nolan sometimes, mm. you know, playing in front of crowds, sometimes that just adds that extra, um, bit of nerves in in your end, don't it? So, I think it has helped a little bit, but also there's times where it, the fans do help the team, you know, cheer them on and you know trying to find that that next goal. But yeah, we wait and see when when we fans are back in and how how we'll do again. Mm. Trevor Wallace wants to know: Does Judge go straight back in in at the weekend, or should Lancaster get a chance? Actually, obviously, we're not entirely sure in terms of Judge's injury if he's going to be ready to play. But if he is, would you see him going straight back into the team? Um, no, probably not. Um, not, I guess not necessarily even because Lancaster may, may get a chance. It might even be Sears and, 
and and Guion Edwards. Um, uh-huh. It's difficult players that are going to drop out of this this team through injury. I think Judge has done okay to start the season. It's you know no no pulling up of trees particularly nothing spectacular, but I think he's done he's done pretty well to be honest. I've, uh-huh. I've I've liked the look of him, but I think players that are dropping out of this side due to injury now are gonna gonna have to come back through the bench maybe because uh-huh. if Lambert sticks to his words. Um, they won two 0 at Bristol Rovers last weekend. Both of those wingers played played okay, um, mm. but yeah, I, I think he may have to make do with a place on the bench. At, the, at which point, if he is back, players are going to have to start dropping off that bench, and and Lambert's going to have some decisions to make there. Benson agrees. Annoying, any bloody hell. Glory days artwork. Our old friend Brad, thank you for your support, Brad. You did some tremendous work, which is brilliant. Now we can all see clearly what plan A is. Do you have any thoughts on a plan B? He says, I think a front two of Hawkins and Jackson would work well. Any thoughts on that, boys? I think a front two of, of Norwood and Jackson has proven to work well in the yeah. past as well. Um, yeah, I think that probably that probably would be the, the plan B. Um, I think Hawkins is going to be heavily involved in any kind of plan B is, is my my gut feeling because because he, he's just different. He's he's got uh-huh. different physical attributes and some good technical attributes too. And and yeah, I think I think him and him and Jackson, you, you, the natural kind of well, the cadence cadence certainly not not small, but the kind of the the big man, pacey man, little and large combo uh-huh. um, is one that's you know well well trodden in football. So yeah, it, that wouldn't surprise me if that was part of some kind of plan B. Can you see Kane coming back into the fold um, this weekend, maybe, Hutchie? He's obviously been back training. Um, he's, clearly, he's not going to start, but can you see him maybe coming off off the bench? If he's fit, if he's fit to ready enough to be involved, I think they probably will have him on the bench because he is. Yeah. He say say they start Norwood again this weekend. I'm not sure that's 100 percent locked in that they will, but my gut feeling is they probably will. Say they start Norwood again. You have Hawkins and. And Jackson as your your bench options of, of substitutes there, and you've you've got two really different players. Um, mm. So yeah, I, 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 if if it was me, if he was available to be on that bench for for fifteen minutes of uh, of the game at the end, if if needed, I would absolutely have him on there. Although a game against Rochdale, you have to hope that that's not not really needed. Mm. Peter Dwerry House <clears throat> hasn't got a question about death for once, which is good. He says, firstly, I retract the statement from last season that John Nolan's worse than Coley Nolan at football. But he says, where does this leave Hughes, supposing Downs comes back and Bishop goes to the bench? Ability-wise, I would have put Hughes in the best three, but he seems to be going backwards at the moment. What do you reckon, Ross? It's a good question, because at the start of the season, we all kind of thought that, that Hughes would be the one who would come in for Downs. Um, but obviously, he's been surpassed by Nolan. So where does that leave him, do you reckon? I think it's just, you know, I'm, I'm relieved that he's not injured. That's the, that's the good yeah. thing about Hughes. Um, I think it's just for us, you know, it's good to have options, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, injuries will happen definitely for Richard Town. We're very, very prone to those. So I think he'll just have to bide his time and, you know, he may have to come off the bench at some point And then, you know, it just depends really. You know, who, whoever's in form, there's going to be some players who may dip out of form and, you know, you change them up. So I think you just have to buy his time. And then come in, but I do like Hughes. I think he's he's one of my favourite midfielders at the club. Mm. It's a good point, though, isn't it? Kind of a, a nice problem to have in a way that you, you're yeah. thinking about 
having that many options that Emir Hughes doesn't walk straight into your team. Fantastic. Um, Luke Prentice again. We we obviously get asked this question a lot, but I thought it'd be interesting just to, to ask Hutchie about this, given how the season started. He says, if and when everyone's fit, what would be your best starting eleven? So has has what's happened at the start of the season changed any thoughts, Hutchie? Obviously, we, we did our starting 11s on the live pod to preview the season. But um, have any, any positions changed for you? No. The only one is I'd feel... I'd feel a bit dirty and guilty not putting John Nolan in it. Mm. It would be it would be the exact same, still be the exact same one that I I said on the the live pod, which I think someone will correct me if I get this wrong. I think I said Holy Vincent Young, Chambers, Wolfenden, Ward, Dazell, Downs, Bishop, Lancaster, Sears, Norwood. I think that's yeah. probably what I said. Yeah. I think that's the only one, really, uh, look, James Wilson and, and Toto Nsiala have, have played well at centre-back, mm. but it's it's two games. Um, N- Nolan's the only one that... Nolan's the only one that would get me thinking, but I'll, st- I'll stick with that same eleven for now. OK, we've had a question from Paul M again, still not entirely convinced he's the real Paul McCartney. Um <laughs> But he's just asking, he says, seeing as this pitiful government has decided to stop the fans going back into potential 30,000 stadiums or filling up a tenth of the capacity in other League One stadiums, will this mean League One and Two clubs will have to once again consider selling assets to stay afloat? And then he adds, as he always does, love to your wives rather ominously. Um, so we've kind of had that chat. I mean, going forward, obviously, as we say, town are in a, a fairly strong position compared to other sides in League One. But the longer it goes on, obviously, Selling assets is going to be something that everyone's going to have to consider. Mm. But not not many clubs have got assets to sell. Like, mm. in, and in and in terms of selling them, their market is otherly other EFL clubs who aren't going to be in a position to necessarily pay for them. So, I'm not convinced there are that many clubs that can sort themselves out by by selling assets, unless you're selling to the Premier League and. Mm. I'm not sure that there are that many that that are in a position to have players to do that. A mm. um, couple more questions. Arthur Pickthorn, King Arthur says, how secure do you think Holy is as our first choice keeper? And has Cole Skuse played his last game for the club? What do you reckon, Hachi? I don't think Holy's particularly secure at all. Uh, and that's a good thing. Um, he's done nothing to lose the shirt. Don't get me wrong. Like It's not... I wouldn't be campaigning for David Cornell to start this weekend desperately, um, mm. although he's done well in, in his games. But I don't think he's got a particularly firm firm grip on it. I think we're in a situation again where there are two fairly evenly matched goalkeepers and mistakes might dictate that from here on in. So, no, I don't think it is particularly secure. And, and Cole Skews absolutely hasn't played his last game for Ipswich. He'll play. He may, he may not be starting many matches or starting back-to-back games or, or anything like that. But there's plenty of there's plenty of appearances left for, for Cole Skews this season, I'm sure. Even if he doesn't play, he's still got an important role to play, hasn't he, in, in the dressing room. He's a good locker room guy, as they'd say in American sports, um, offering experience and advice to the people coming through. Final question, our old friend, the Viking, Sindre Eliasson. Um, he asked part of this is a question for Stu, so obviously we can't ask that because Stu's not around. But the question he's put to you and Roscoe, is you get the offer to cover the budgies, that's Norwich City, um, to, in a similar job to what you've got at the moment, but you're, you'll be getting twice the salary 
do you sell your soul and take it? Roscoe, I'm coming to you first. The, the offer was there to go and cover Norwich City on twice your salary, so 100 grand a year. Um, what, what would you say? Uh, hmm. I do want to go on holiday a bit more. I would like a nicer <laughs> house. Yeah. The, the problem is, like, if I this was a if I, this role, if I wasn't a fan of this, you know, the then I would go, yeah, I'll snap that, you know, do it because yeah. you know, I'm sure reporters do that all the time. They cover one team and then they go and cover another rival because you know, opportunity comes up. I'm gonna say yes because I know it's controversial, but I don't need to support the club. I'm just covering it. You exactly, know, the, you're 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 a professional. It's a professional, uh, yes. and if if anyone in any job was offered the chance to double their money. I think you take it. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously we're all professionals. We get paid for what we do. And I don't think real, really, team allegiances come into that. Am I wrong, Hutchie? No, you're not. You'd take that job as well, wouldn't you? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, of course <laughs> you, I would. You're, you're doubling your salary. Absolutely, yes. 100%. Yes, um, very much so. Here endeth mailbag for this week. Thanks for everyone who's who's got involved. We'll be we drop in a mailbag every now and then. Obviously, generally speaking, we just want thoughts we can drop in, but we'll do we'll do mailbag questions as well throughout the season. Um, boys, it's Rochdale at home this weekend, a, a game that should very much be winnable. Um, but will Town win it? I want to know your prediction, please, Roscoe. Uh, two 0 win, clean sheet. Another two 0 win, because of course you yeah. nailed it last week with your two 0 prediction against Bristol Rovers and you are regularly known as Rostradamus for your ability to predict results so Town are going to win 2-0 Pachi I want your prediction I also want to know if Flynn Downs is going to start this weekend yes he is um that's yeah that's that's my opinion that is not me confirming that he is (laughs) not breaking breaking news yeah (laughs) no no I think he probably will um and I think I think I'm going to up it a little bit I think they will I think they'll win they'll win 3-0 and I think we're going to have a striker on the on the score sheet as well, um, Rochdale got a decent draw against against Portsmouth last time. Last time they played, but um, there's, they've lost a lot of they've lost a lot of players. Um, mm. I'd, I'd be backing Ipswich to win this one quite comfortably. If I'm completely honest, three 0 Which striker is going to get on the score sheet? Uh, two of them are Norwood and and um, Hawkins. Oh, and Hawkins! Wow, that's a big yeah. shout. That'd be tremendous. Let's hope that comes true. Um, boys, any, any other business before we take our leave and I run through the usual spiel? No other business. Roscoe? Ditto. Ditto, says Ross. Well, uh, again, thank you for listening. Um, please hit subscribe if you if uh, you have enjoyed it, and even if you haven't, just because it helps us. <laughs> um, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We've had another one in from the Highlands. ITFC Highlands says, quality pod, living up in the Highlands. The boys keep me up to date with everything Ipswich Town. Each of the boys brings something to the table. Fortunately, no nuts. Yeah. <laughs> keep up the good work, lads. Uh, and also hit um, follow us on all our social medias, which is Kings of Anger across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm um, sorry about the uh, the Benson interruptions today. Hopefully, it wasn't too annoying for you. I've got headphones on, so it's not actually loud for me. But I'm sure listening back, it's going to be piercing. Unfortunately, that's what dogs do. Uh, I also want to say a big thank you before we go this week. We've just passed 500,000 listens all time. Half a million people have now listened to the Kings of Anglia, which is kind of mind-blowing. Um, we're actually scooping up towards 510,000 listens now, which is absolutely tremendous. Hutch, you've got any thoughts on that? 
Are we saying it's 500,000 individuals? Because I like that better. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not, but um, let, let's, just say, let's just say it is. Yeah, let's just say that it is. Yeah. But, it, it, I mean, that is obviously um, a bit of a landmark. And, and, and thank you to everyone who's ever listened or got involved in any way to the show. Obviously, most of you are listening to, to listen to The Strike and Ross. But um, we, appreciate, we appreciate each and every one of you. I open the show every week saying hello, friends. And that is true. Um, boys, we must take our leave and stop preparing for Rochdale this weekend. I hope everyone has a great weekend, uh, whatever you're doing. Obviously, hopefully a win for town. I'm not here next week, which means this pod is going to be considerably less excitable, but probably much more of an interesting listen because Hutchie will be in the chair um, and he will speak to you next week. Thank you.